All right, guys, welcome to my show, Voice of the Wanderer. I'm your host, Freddie J. All right, welcome to my show today, Voice of the Wanderer. Uh, I'm your host, Freddie J, and with me today is the wonderful Chelsea Johnston. Uh, I met her recently, and she agreed to be on my podcast, and uh, I'm excited to <laughs> have this podcast episode with you today. And uh, but once again, you're welcome. Well, thank you. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're from Pocatello, Idaho. I'm actually from Blackfoot, Idaho. Are you from Blackfoot? Yes. <sighs> that's worse. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, that's nice. And uh, today on our episode, we're going to be talking about uh, your line of work, which is loans. And that's it, right? So I work with a, a credit union here in Idaho. Um, okay. I do loans, um, or I've done loans in the past, and right now I work with our members that are struggling financially. So anybody that has a past due account has been overdrawn for a while and things like that. So technically, you're the bad guy. I, I can be, yes, for sure. Um, we really like to look at it as giving members opportunities to... Um, kind of catch themselves up and we give them a lot of solutions which I really enjoy sounds comforting though although I've heard a lot about what you guys do and sometimes I've heard you guys are not the nicest people uh, you know trying to help these people I mean I get it though some people when they take money it's hard when you, when you want to pay back that's the hard part you know and they might not want to pay pay up you know anyways before we go into that let's talk about you so let's get to know you because I'm pretty sure uh, my viewers out there, they are like itchy to get to know you. So you've told us your name, where you're from. Let's go deep. Like, <laughs> let's go deep. Okay. How, how deep are you thinking? Deep, like pretty deep. Like pretty deep. So whatever you're comfortable sharing. I am <laughs> um, the oldest sister of three younger siblings. Okay. Uh, my parents are no longer together. They were together for 25 years. Wow. Um, I will probably move out of Idaho at some point in my life. Um, I'm trying to graduate college first because living in Idaho is pretty cheap. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of the snow, so I definitely live in the incorrect state for that, 100%. Um, but I do enjoy a lot of different things. Um, Sports, those are great. Um, what else? What sports? Um, what sports do you like? Um, I like to watch a lot of different things. Um, football has become a recent one that I started learning about. I participated in my first uh, fantasy football team this year and placed second, so that was pretty exciting. Don't laugh at me though. I've I've heard a lot about this fantasy football. See, I I'm not from this area, so <laughs> I don't know what the hell that is. So could you t could you enlighten me? So fantasy football is something that typically you do when you watch a lot of football. Okay. Um, it starts out at the very basis of your your players that you think are going to do the best throughout the season, mm -hmm. um, and you kind of create yourself your own football team. And then depending on how those players do, there's different ways to get points. The more points you get, the better you do. Do you guys bet? Like, you, could you make money off that? 
So not in the state of Idaho. It's you illegal. can't because it's it's betting on a game and that's illegal in the state of Idaho. It is. Um, yeah. So if you have friends, like a lot of people in California, they bet competitively um, and they'll do betting rings that way. Um, I just did it as a f- for fun thing with some of my coworkers. Um, and that was pretty, pretty exciting. That's nice fantasy football. I guess I'm going to check it out to see <laughs> what it's all about. It sounds fun, though. It was a lot of fun. I, I got to learn a lot of different things about a sport that I haven't really watched a lot, which made the game that much more exciting for me. Who was your team? Um, I actually didn't have a team. Um, my favorite player um, was probably Travis Kelsey. He did pretty well for me in my fantasy league. Let me guess, he was cute, right? He is very cute, absolutely. <laughs> that did not hurt at all. But he did really well for me in my, in my fantasy league, so. I am not surprised. <laughs> no. Couldn't have told you who that was a few months ago, but. Yeah, that's cool. All right, uh, so for your job, what do you love about your job? I love getting to teach people things about okay. finances. Um, we have a lot of members who are, are adults who okay. are way older than I am, who have gone through life, um, not really having the knowledge that they need. And we get to share that knowledge and help them kind of progress as an adult and do better in their life. That's nice. Uh, we're about to do a deep dive into your job right now. <laughs> I have like controversial questions to ask you. Okay. So we could uh, have a meaningful conversation. So uh, many people don't know about this, but those who live in America, they know what is called a credit score. And I'm pretty sure that's what you guys base off everything you do for your job, most part, is through credit. It has a lot to do with what we do, absolutely. Um, Some of the reasons that credit is really important is because the higher the credit score, the less risky you are for a financial institution to lend you money, um, such as a credit card. You can get better interest rates on your auto loans, RV loans, things like that. Um, the lower your credit score, the greater the risk that the credit union or the, the financial institution is taking. So the, the lower your credit score, the more you're going to pay for it. Um, the higher interest rates you have, you may potentially have fees for a regular checking account that other people may not pay those fees for. Now, I'm wondering though, I know some time ago someone mentioned to me, I don't know if that person was you, about insurance for the banks. Like banks, they they have insurance, right? You guys have insurance for in case of bad debt that you guys might not get back. You guys are insured for that amount of money. Is that correct? Um, Kind of, yeah. So the... Most credit unions or credible credit unions are insured by the FDIC. Um, and basically what that means is if that credit union is to make investments in bad business or, you know, that, that credit union or financial institution goes bankrupt, essentially, mm-hmm. um, then you as the, the consumer for that credit union, you're insured up to a certain amount. Um for example, a lot of a lot of credit unions will insure a single owner account up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So if you don't have more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a single like credit union, you're not really at risk for 
for losing any money. Okay. So now that's that kind of makes me wonder though. So my my wonder is this. So if that loan is insured for X amounts of money, then why does the credit score matter? Like why why is the bank at risk? Because they are insured. You guys are insured anyways. So the the FDIC doesn't insure the credit union. So the FDIC is for consumers. Oh. So let's say I have $150,000 at Westmark Credit Union. Okay. And Westmark Credit Union makes some risky investments into some other businesses. And the Federal Bureau decides, hey, you know, you're no longer in charge of your business. It's it's now under our control. We're taking it over. Okay. I, as the consumer, would get my $150,000 back. Okay. Westmark Credit Union wouldn't have anything for their employees to pay their employees or their CEO or their vice president or anything like that. But I, as the consumer, am not taking the loss because Westmark invested briskly. Hmm. So that, that insurance is for you as a consumer, not not for the bank or the credit union. Okay. That's that's making sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So uh, for someone who has never had a loan or borrowed money before, sometimes I, I've, I've, I've been there. It was hard to get a loan, a first loan and all that stuff. And when I got a loan, I think it was for my first uh, vehicle. It was an SUV. I mean, the SUV got totaled the next day. It was a total loss. But anyways, like the interest rate was very high. It was like fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. Like. So a lot of the times, um, I know at least at the credit unions they do what they call a first-time auto loan, which yeah. is something that they, you know, they are really high interest rate at sixteen, seventeen percent typically. Um, one way around that is to, um, look at some local credit unions. I prefer credit unions over big banks just because the the fees for everything else aren't aren't there and they're typically more willing to work with you. Um, but like at Idaho Central, for example, they have what they call a um, oh I forget the the actual name of it, but basically it's a starter credit card where okay. you put up your own funds for the credit card. Let's say you want a credit card with a five hundred dollar limit. Okay. You give the credit union $550, they put that in a savings account for you, and they essentially lock those funds away um, so you can still see those funds, and then they give you a credit card with a $500 limit. So you go put gas on it once a month, twice a month, and then you pay it off every month. That's probably the easiest way to start building credit before you need things like an auto loan or a home loan. That makes sense. So you, you mentioned you would rather work with a credit union compared to like the bigger banks. Is there a, is there a reason why or is it, just, is it just a personal preference? Um, a lot of the times in my experience, um, the credit unions, it's a smaller institution. So things like the overdraft fees or the monthly service fees are, are much less than a bigger bank. Um, they're also willing to work with you, um, you know, especially for those first-time checking account holders who may not know everything about owning a debit card, they will, a lot of the times, you know, reverse a lot of those overdraft fees for you. They'll help you. Um, And a lot of the times at the bigger banks, it's just harder because they are so driven by their bottom dollar, their, their goals, their, you know, their sales, that it just, the little, 
little things aren't important. To anybody right now, it's it's a lot of money that these banks are making. You know, uh, banks like Wells Fargo, Chase, they have the monthly fee. Uh, I mean, I have accounts with credit unions. I don't think I have an account with one of those big banks because of those fees. I think it's ridiculous making me pay like a f- monthly fee. They call it like a maintenance fee, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell are they maintaining? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Precisely. And okay. a lot of the times at the credit unions, you don't have those monthly service fees. Um, for some of those credit scores that are quite a bit lower, um, sometimes there can be an account that has that monthly fee, um, but it's not going to be a $25, $30 monthly fee. Typically, it's going to be between $10 and $15, um, and that allows you to have a have a checking account with a credible institution instead of just not having a checking account at all. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Do you guys ever, I've heard of competitive interest rates. Do you guys do that? A lot of the time, yeah. How does that work? Um, so it depends on the market a little bit. Um, right now I know that you do have to have an offer from another institution that would be our current rate that we're offering you. Um, and then depending on kind of what that rate is will depend on how you know, we can adjust our, our rate for our applications. So usually you guys will just match the other rates or like beat it down a little bit? Um, it, it just depends on what the, the rate is, honestly, because there, there is certain things that like we can and can't do as loan officers. Um, but a lot of the times we are very competitive and we will try and beat out the, the competition by lowering it some. What are the most common credit uh, credit application issues that you face on your job? Um, debt to income is a huge one that I don't income? that I don't think a lot of people think about. Um, what your debt to income is is going to be um, you have like student loans, you have a car loan. Um, you may live with your parents, so th- people think that you don't have to consider that in your monthly bills. Okay. Um, I'm going to say nine times out of ten, the, the loan officer or the underwriter is going to have to include something for that income. Um, so, for example, we do, if you live with your parents, um, your rent is automatically $600. Really? Which is really cheap. I didn't even know that, though. I thought it was zero. Yeah. So, so when you put it on the application, you put it in as zero. And they'll go through and explain to you, hey, like, we understand that this is zero right now. However, this, let's say you're getting an auto loan. This auto loan is for 72 months. More than likely, you're not going to live with your parents for this 72 months. So we're going to include $600 for your rent, essentially, in case of the future. Um, And so a lot of the times, those people that are working part-time your debt to income is calculated by dividing the amount of debt that you have divided by your monthly income. So for somebody who's making $1,500 a month total for you to include $600 in rent, that's, that's a pretty big chunk of your debt to income right there. So to add a $300 car payment, well, now you're at $900 total, divide that by $1,500 and you're over 40%. So it's debt to income, not data income. So debt, to income. Debt to income. I had data. I was trying to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to process. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that that really makes sense though. I know when I was getting my first home, definitely we had to do all that stuff like underwriting and they calculated what I made. Uh, so they compared it to what I owed 
mm-hmm. my monthly payments and all that stuff. And I mean, I didn't have any student loans at that time. Thank God to the army. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And what ways do you guys help those people? Let's say Mr. A wants to get a auto loan and you guys did the calculations and you saw that his debt is more than what he's making or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. How do you help those people? What is your advice? What do you tell those people? Um, so a lot of the time, um, depending on where the borrower is at in their life, um, you know, if you're if you're married and your spouse works, we can include your spouse on that application to Enough. kind of help share the, the debt, the debt yeah. that's that's joint. Um, other than that, you know, you can make more money. You can find a, a different job where you can work more hours. Um, if that's not an option, you know, really your only choice is to kind of wait until you've got some of that debt paid down. Um, and unfortunately, that's the hard part of our job is some people in some pretty tight places that really need this loan it's like hey we we understand you really need this help but we can't we can't put that risk on the credit union that's fair so what are your tips for uh people who have no credit i mean i know mentioned this a little bit for people who have no credit but they are looking to build i know you mentioned the credit card where you you put like a certain amount of money in the credit card and you buy gas put it back and all that stuff is that the only way um, not necessarily. Um, it's probably my favorite way just because as a consumer, like you're not paying any interest. Okay. If you pay that credit card every off every month, okay. there is an interest rate of about 17% with the credit union that I work for. Um, but if you're paying that credit card off regularly, <clears throat> then mm-hmm. you, you know, you're not paying any interest for it. So cost, cost wise, credit card's my absolute favorite. It's the easiest to attain. There's no risk for you. If you decide you can't pay it, we take the savings account money and we just pay it off for you. Makes sense. So for, for the repossession, the bad parts, you being the bad guy, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about that. Uh, are you are you, are you you in that department right now or did you work in that department in the past? So I work in that department right now. Okay. Um, and I will say like we, we give you every chance and... Like some some vehicles are 190 days past due and they still haven't been repossessed, um, you know. So that would be you haven't made a payment on your car since at least September of this, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. So it's been months since we've seen a payment. We've called you. We've called your references. Um, a lot of the times there is a lot that we can do to help on auto loans. What like what, what like, can you guys do? So. Um, it kind of depends on what, what's going on with the loan, how many, how many months we've, we've been in the term for and things like that. Um, but one of the things that you can do is to potentially see about a deferment on your payments, um, which just means, Hey, you know, you don't have to make payments for these six months. You know, if you lost your job or you got hurt or something, you know, we can wait six months on your payments. Do you guys hold off on the interest? So the interest doesn't hold off. Um, it, it does build, yes. Um, so that's not super great. Um, but at the same time, you know, if absolute worst comes to worst, it's not ruining your credit. So we can do that. Um, there's a lot. That's the hard part is there's so many different things that we can do to help that really it just requires a phone call 
call them, see, you know, hey, I'm struggling. What can you do? What can you do? Can you do anything to help me? And a lot of the times, you know, there is a solution or we are willing to let you pay 60 days late, you know, multiple times in a row to, to keep your car. As long as you're communicating with us, we won't repossess your car. Yeah, that's, that's definitely <clears throat> difficult, though, for those people, you know, taking those vehicles away from them and stuff like that. So when you when you guys repossess a vehicle, like, how does it work? Do you guys sell all of that vehicle to pay off for the person owes? Like, what do you guys do? Yeah, so in the state of Idaho, you once your car is repossessed, you have 10 days to find financing elsewhere. So to get back the vehicle? Yeah. So so with the credit union that I work for, they give you 10 days, you know, mandatorily from the state of Idaho. Um, and then from there, if you are like, hey, I'm still working with this other financial institution, it's going to be a few more days. Like, we won't send your car to auction right away. We'll give you that opportunity to, to get the financing. Um, after that, it does go to an auction, depending on where, you know, the vehicle was repossessed will depend on what state that vehicle goes to auction for. Um, and then once we sell it at auction, then from there we go ahead and we basically apply the check from the auction to the, the delinquent balance on the loan. And then a lot of the times that doesn't pay it in full. Um, so we'll, we'll help you make arrangements on affordable payments to pay the rest of it off. Oh, so you guys just don't let them go after getting the vehicle back? <laughs> no, no. Um, and the, the hard part there is that a lot of the times, you know, either they were upside down in the vehicle to begin with, so they, they rolled over some of their loan from their other other vehicle and things like that. But um, once once we know what the delinquent balance is, you know, if you're not willing to make payments, like, that's fine. We can, we can send it to a collection agency. Um it just makes it so that you can't have future membership at the credit union until it's paid in full. So after someone gets their uh, stuff repossessed uh, from the credit union or the bank, they are not allowed to have an account with that credit union? Um, Not necessarily. So with the credit union that I work for, if you are, are willing to pay in full on that delinquent balance, you know, after auction, let's say there's $5,000 left that you owe the credit union. If you make payments and you pay in full on that delinquent balance, then you are more than welcome to have membership with the credit union that I work for. You just won't get a loan again right away. Um, I've actually seen it wild things. Like oh, yeah. we've had multiple vehicles repossessed and then like a couple years later, they're they're back in the same position where they have <laughs> multiple auto loans passed through. And it's like, hey, did we not learn our lesson? Like, yeah. come on. That's that's crazy. So what are your tips for someone who has a credit card, has no credit, or actually has a credit card, and is looking to pay off that balance outrightly? Like, do you think that's a good idea? Or do you think, like... They should wait and also what's the fastest way to pay off your credit card without accumulating those interests um so the fastest way is to not use it for things that you wouldn't use your debit card for um in the first place keeping your balance you know at a sustainable could you reverse back like wind back a little bit you said don't use it for stuff so you wouldn't use your debit card for so so what i mean by that is like a lot of the times people put a lot of gas and groceries and they'll do all their online shopping on their credit cards. Okay. 
if you don't have enough in your checking account to pay for those things at that time, we shouldn't be using our credit card for that. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if, if you're not going to be able to pay that credit card off at the end of every month, I just don't recommend racking up a credit card balance because once you do, it's harder to pay it off. So by getting in that habit of never going above your means or, or spending more than you have on that credit card, you keep yourself in a pretty good financial position with that credit card. Um, once you do kind of get into credit card debt, um, I know a lot of the times as an adult, it's hard. Um, I know that I've turned down a couple of $15,000 credit cards because I was like, hmm. It's too big. No, thank you. Shots fired. I, I accepted it. I, um, <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that at this time in my life. I'm not, I know I'm not responsible enough. I will 100% book a full vacation to Hawaii and then be paying on it forever. So once you kind of do get yourself in that credit card debt. Um, it's hard to get out. It's not super hard. You just have to be diligent in responsible in making more payments than are required, um, and not adding anything to the balance. Okay. So, what's a payment hack uh, to avoid those interests? Come on, you you work in the bank. Give us <laughs> um, tips. <laughs> I would say check with your financial institution. Um, see, no, 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 listen. <laughs> you gotta listen here. You gotta see what what date they get your statement ready to go. Okay. Because from the day that they get your statement ready to go, typically they know what date of the month your your credit card starts accruing interest. So if you pay it off, I'm gonna say two days before that day, mm -hmm. your credit card balance should be at a zero dollar balance when you get that statement. Okay. And that's how you can avoid interest on a monthly basis. Um, a lot of the members that I work with do get frustrated because they do pay off their credit card every month, depending on when the company reports that to the credit bureaus, will also affect your credit. Because if you have your credit card balance paid off every single month, but your financial institution, let's say they report it to the credit bureaus on the 15th, and you pay that credit card ever off every month on the 22nd, it's going to report with a higher balance yeah. and that can bring your credit score down. That makes sense. And also pay, early payment, does that eliminate interest? Example, like uh, you have your payment due at the 24th of every month. So you make two payments. You make the first one, then you make a second one, then, then they allow you to skip the next month. So you have it due the month, the following month. Does that eliminate the interest? Not necessarily. Interest on credit cards a lot of the times is calculated every single month, whether a credit card payment is due or not. Oh. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. So uh, what's the part you don't, you don't like about your job? I'm pretty sure you love your job, though, but every <laughs> job has its pros and cons. Um, I would say my least favorite part about my job is that people sometimes have it stuck in their head that like it's not their fault okay or the financial situation that they're in is everybody else's fault mm -hmm. um and at that point it's really really hard to get somebody out of that situation so i i don't like when we don't have helpful options for a member but at the same time like i do understand if you're not going to help you like we can't help you you do get here, that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, <clears throat> this was a nice conversation. Uh, it's been very informative. I'm not gonna lie. Like I've 
I've learned some few good information from you today, which is awesome. So yeah, thank you very much for that. And also, what's your advice you want to leave to the people, the viewers out there who, who are going to listen to this podcast? Uh, I'm pretty sure they, are, they have questions or issues with loans. We're in America. Everyone has a loan. You know, so what's your advice? My advice is to be communicative with your with your financial institution. Um, if there's something you're struggling with and you can't make a payment for a month, like reach out to them before you just don't pay it. There, a lot of the times there's something they might be able to do to help. If not, the, the answer is still no, but it never hurts to try. Okay, that's fair. Anyways, uh, we draw the curtain here today for this episode. Uh, I hope to have you on our future podcast episodes to talk more about this. Uh, but I'm afraid we have to draw the curtain today. Uh, for today, and uh, yeah, it was nice to have you today. And <laughs> absolutely, thank you. 